0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, March 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. After an EU official accused the UK of vaccine nationalism, the two sides are trying to reduce tensions over access to vaccine supplies. A massive container ship has run aground in the Suez Canal and is blocking one of the world's busiest shipping passages. And we'll take you to the Himalayas, where climate change and hydroelectric power plants are adding to the region's instability. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Tensions have flared between the UK and the EU over access to the coronavirus vaccine. Yesterday, the two sides issued a statement promising to work together to create a win-win situation that would expand supply for all its citizens. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson insisted he didn't want to see a, quote-unquote, tit-for-tat vaccine war. Britain offered to help boost production of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine at a plant in the Netherlands, where it claims to have been contracted to buy millions of doses. The EU, however, also claims those doses. Today, EU leaders will be discussing controversial new rules to tighten restrictions on vaccine exports, which are aimed at countries that are failing to share. Britain's health secretary said the EU would be making a serious mistake if it started blocking vaccine exports to the UK. Meanwhile, one top EU official has been pressuring AstraZeneca. He wants to know why the company has been so much better at meeting its commitments to Britain than to the bloc. A massive container ship has run aground in the Suez Canal in Egypt. And it's blocking one of the world's most vital shipping arteries. The Taiwanese-owned ship is called the Ever Given, and it's as long as the Empire State Building is high. The FT's David Shepherd has more on the efforts to dislodge it.
1: The sheer size of this ship means that it's a complex, risky, and frankly complicated operation, no doubt. So while people are hopeful that this could be resol- resolved in the next day or two, there are concerns that this may take longer still.
0: And David, if they can't get the ship out and move other ships through in the next day or two, you know, if this becomes a longer problem, what could happen? Like, what are the broader concerns?
1: the, The broader concerns is that if you think of almost any imported goods coming from Asia to Europe, At a minimum, they're going to see delays the longer this goes on for. There is already supply chains have been heavily strained by the coronavirus pandemic. Container ships have been very tight to get your hands on for manufacturers and others wanting to send your goods to market. Obviously having a large number of containers and container vessels essentially parked at sea for an extra few days does nothing to ease that situation. So, I don't think at this point in time people are panicking about shortages of goods or anything else, but in a very interconnected world, this is a major kind of supply chain risk for almost any multinational company or importer or indeed exporter when you get snarl ups like this. If it continues for a significantly longer amount of time, you would expect to see Shipping rates rise, oil prices potentially rise, people start to get worried about various disruptions to to their supply chains all over the world.
0: Facebook says it has uncovered a Chinese online spy campaign targeting pro-Uyghur activists and dissidents. Uyghurs are the repressed Muslim minority in China's northwestern region of Xinjiang. Just this week, the U.S. and other allies sanctioned Chinese officials for human rights abuses against them. The Chinese spy operation on Facebook worked like this. It created fake versions of news websites popular in Uyghur communities and injected them with malicious software, which allowed hackers access to victims' devices. The links were shared through fake Facebook accounts, impersonating journalists, students, and other activists. Most of the targets were Uyghur dissidents outside of China. Facebook said it's taking action to thwart the network and is also alerting victims. There's been a rush to exploit the waters of the Himalayas for hydroelectric power. That's on top of an urgent environmental crisis in this region caused by deforestation and global warming. The FT's Ben Parkin visited a village that was recently destroyed by a flash flood. He's with me now to talk more about his visit. Hi Ben, thanks for joining.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Ben, can you tell us about this village in the Indian Himalayas?
2: Yeah, so it's a small village. of only a few hundred people high up in the mountains. It's famous because in the 1970s there was this groundbreaking environmental movement that started in that region in India. Groups of villagers, mostly women, would gather together to block loggers from felling local forests. And the movement's uh, nonviolent Gandhian tactics was inspirational around the world and helped to give birth to modern environmental movements in India.
0: Now, there was a disaster last month in the village, and it seems almost ironic that it would happen to Reni. What happened?
2: There was a rock slide on a mountain some miles away, upriver, that triggered a flash flood of rocks and water, mud, melted ice and so on, that went crashing down this river valley, it wiped out a hydropower dam and ultimately destroyed another hydropower plant about 15 miles away.
0: There's been this massive boom in hydroelectric power. In the region, Ben, I'm curious how that affects what's happened to Rennie.
2: Well, hydropower has been very controversial because while it's a useful source of renewable electricity, critics, including locals, resist them because they say that they are vulnerable to and exacerbate natural disasters. Obviously, these people need good infrastructure, but the question is whether the approach that has been taken by many of the governments over the past couple of decades is sustainable and ultimately beneficial for them so you know one example is that i had this surreal experience of being in one of the towns and there was a power cut for hours and hours and hours and yet you could literally see a hydropower plant down in the valley below so What I was told is because that electricity was going to the lowland, more populous areas.
0: I'm wondering what surrounding countries are doing to help. I mean, what's happening to address this?
2: The Himalayas are known as the world's third pole because they store so much water in their glaciers. And the most optimistic estimate is that if the global temperature rise is capped at 1.5 degrees a third of glaciers will melt by the end of the century and if that target is missed the losses will be far higher so there are enormous implications but countries like India China Pakistan are historic adversaries and at the best of times have tense relations so India and China have been locked in this deadly standoff at their border which runs through the mountains for months now. So there's been efforts to carve out channels for apolitical work and there's a a regional intergovernmental body which last year got all of the governments to sign a pledge to work together on these issues. But the question is whether those goals can survive the paranoia and the pressing threats that these countries perceive.
0: Ben Parkin is the FT's Mumbai correspondent. Ben, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. There's been speculation about what companies are going to do with all their remote workers after the pandemic is over. And yesterday, one of the biggest mortgage lenders in the UK, Nationwide, announced its decision. The building society said it's going to allow the majority of its 13,000 office staff to carry on working from home full time if they want to. The policy comes after an internal survey in which thousands of employees said they'd like to work from home five days a week. Nationwide's Chief Executive Joe Garner said he personally plans to work remotely one or two days a week to reassure staff that their careers won't be at risk if they choose not to come into the office. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back in tomorrow for the latest business news.